Hi there, it's Mark Bittman, and welcome to Food. As always, you can reach out to us at food at markbittman.com, and we will respond. Let us know what you think. Questions, answers, rants, raves, whatever you like. We love to hear from you. Please subscribe to the podcast, and please also subscribe to our thrice weekly newsletter, The Bitman Project at bitmanproject.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Have you ever bought something, owned something that really inspired you to up your game? A tennis racket, a new pair of running shoes, a new piece of cooking equipment that made you just want to cook your brains out? I know that when I first started cooking on induction burners, I just couldn't stop. It was so much fun. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Some of the features that are available on this car include dynamic sky panorama glass roof, front row massaging seats, you know you want that, available 33-inch all-terrain tires, which you will want when you check out the multi-terrain select. These are really great features, the kind of features that will make you proud and happy to own a Lexus GX. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. We're all drinking more water these days, and we're all concerned that we're drinking safe, clean, unpolluted water. Yet, according to our friends at the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in the United States have harmful contaminants in their tap water. That's why it's worth checking out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. They remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and are specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, you know, those forever chemicals in your water supply. PFAS, by the way, is found in almost 45% of U.S. tap water. AquaTrue has water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. Their proprietary purification technology is independently tested to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAS, nitrates, and many, many others. The filters are affordable and long-lasting, and they do not need changing every two or three months like so many others. They last from six months to up to two years. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water, less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you won't be buying bottled water, and it'll save the environment from tons of single-use plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and makes a great gift. Today, listeners to Food with Mark Bittman receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code Bittman at checkout. For 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier, go to AquaTrue.com and use the promo code Bittman, B-I-T-T-M-A-N. Sixteen years ago, 
A report from the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization, which we call FAO, landed on my desk at the Times. It was called Livestock's Long Shadow. It revealed a stunning statistic. Global livestock production, it was thought at the time, was responsible for about a fifth of all greenhouse gases, more than transportation. These numbers have become debatable. What's not debatable is that industrial livestock production is a huge contributor to climate change. Anyway, back to the past. This was a signal moment for me, coming along with some personal health problems, an overall gloomy global outlook, and an increase in concern with animal products in general. The quality of meat, the endangerment of wild fish, the way domestic animals are raised, and the impact our diet has had on the environment. Never before had I realized issues of personal and global health intersected so exquisitely. The destiny of the human race and that of the planet lay in our hands and in the choices as individuals and as a society that we made and make. What I just read is an adaptation from the introduction to my book, Food Matters, which came out in 2009. The only difference being the report I refer to, which at the time of writing the book had come out two years ago, not 16. Anyway, I could write that exact same intro today. There has been some progress on climate change. We're all aware of that. It's not happening fast enough, but it is happening. But progress on food agriculture, industrial production of livestock, and that industries, those industries impact on climate change and on our health? Not so much. We'll talk about that some other time. Earth Day, as you probably know, is April 22nd. And to reflect that, we're rerunning our wonderful episode with the one and only Jane Goodall. But we're also introducing to you, in a separate, shorter interview, the inspiring Lauren Sweeney, the CEO and co-founder of Deliver Zero, a network of returnable, reusable food containers. Lauren is a working single mom who often relies on the convenience of takeout and delivery. And as she became increasingly frustrated by how much waste came with each delivery and questioned whether she could really recycle or compost the single-use containers she received, she set out on a mission to make reuse easier and more transparent than recycling. She's terrific and working with a great idea. And Jane Goodall, well, come on, I'm going to introduce her. I mean, that's ridiculous with this quote from my interview with her. What the youth are doing is incredibly hopeful. As I was traveling around the world before the pandemic, everywhere I was meeting amazing people doing incredible projects, restoring fertility to overused farmland like we did around Gombe, restoring a forest, bringing back life and nature to a place that we've destroyed, rescuing animals from the brink of extinction. We've got this indomitable spirit. We're going to tackle things that seem impossible, and we won't give up. Nature is amazingly resilient if you give her a chance. So we will start with my interview with Lauren Sweeney. Lauren has an idea that everyone's going to think, oh yeah, I thought about that, but Lauren is actually doing it and it is it's just smart and good and the right thing to do and dead simple. So Lauren, I'm sure you have a little wind up and a pitch. So let's hear it. Thank you, Mark. Uh, so Deliver Zero makes it easy for customers to order in returnable reusable containers. So I started it because I'm a single mom, worked in startups my entire life as a single mom. And I was busy. I love to cook Sunday afternoon after the farmer's market, the best thing to do in a busy week. I don't have time. So I relied really heavily on takeout and delivery, usually one or two nights a week at home. And then every day in the office, every day I was ordering from the same salad place and the same sushi place. And I'd stand in front of the recycling bin in my office with my rinsed out sushi container wondering what I can really do with it. I would look at the the black plastic sushi container knowing that that's a particularly difficult item to get through recycling, thinking, am I going to contaminate recycling by putting it in there? Should I just give it a shot and put it in the recycling bin? It was super confusing. And then ultimately, even if it's recycled, 
single-use plastic is emissions intensive, terrible for the environment. And we frankly just don't have the systems in place to actually recycle all of the plastic that we're inundated with in our day-to-day lives. And it's not our fault as consumers. It really falls on businesses to adopt a new circular mindset that is kind of just coming into mainstream conversations now. When we started this in November 2019, there were fewer people talking about this. And each year that's gone by, there are more and more people shifting towards this idea of using materials to the maximum extent rather than using them once and throwing them away. I have some questions about recycling materials, but I think more important is to just get to the point of what Deliver Zero looks like. What are you actually doing? So we make it easy for customers to opt in to receive their order in returnable, reusable containers through other platforms. So through delivery apps, through POS systems, when restaurants work with certain POS systems, we can actually make reusables available at the counter. A customer can say, sure, I'll take my salad in a reusable container rather than the compostable bowl. And if you can see me right now, I'm doing air quotes around (laughs) the the idea of compostable because uh, we, we can get into that later. So when the customer opts in to receive their order in reusable containers, the platform that we're integrated with shares the customer's data with us. So we we can let the customer know where and when they can return the containers and make extremely easy returns options available to the customer. So the customer can have containers picked up at their door. They can return them on their next delivery from certain restaurants, or they can drop them off at any return point on our network. So we make it super easy for customers to get containers back into the system. I call it easier than recycling and more transparent. The containers glass or what are they? So the containers are made from plastic, which so many of our customers generally avoid plastic and sometimes it's a sticking point for them. The reason for plastic over say glass or stainless steel is in the use cases we're addressing, like, you know, a pad tie delivery it would be really challenging to use these materials that are heavier, uh, more likely to break, conduct heat, aren't stackable. So the commercially available solutions for glass or stainless steel are just not stackable in the same way that the, the plastic containers we use are. I bet they will be. Metal anyway. I mean, we've talked about the Tiffin model last time we talked, and that's certainly stackable. Yeah, it it needs to stack in such a way that it fits neatly into the restaurant kitchen. So we need like we need a hundred of them to sit alongside a hundred single use containers and take up basically as little Same space. amount of room. Yeah, because for now they're sitting alongside single use containers, and the customer opts into reusables or or they get the the old status quo single use whatever the restaurant is using. So if I'm a customer, I can return it by bring it back to the place or. We're swapping it next time I order from the same place. But there's also a network of places in in my neighborhood, maybe 10 or 20, whatever, that are all using the system. And I can drop the container off at any one of them I want whenever I feel like it, right? Yes. Yeah, I like that. I mean, it's very urban, obviously, but it's great. So we're we're seeing it work in some some less urban environments. Now, I'm, I'm eager to make this available everywhere, but yeah certainly works especially well in in New York which is where we started um, and only because that's that's where we're from that's that's where I'm from and then back on the the plastics point um single use plastic is incredibly harmful we all know that uh, when plastic is reused the environmental benefits of reusing plastic kick in pretty quickly uh, compared with single use plastics and other types of single-use packaging. So it's a net positive, but just getting people's minds around the idea of using plastic at all can be a challenge when many of our customers generally avoid plastic, but it's single-use plastic that's the issue more than reusables. One thing when the first time we spoke, I was really interested and I'd like you to talk about for a second is, um, and you mentioned it already, compostable containers or containers that are sourced from vegetable products or containers that claim to be 100% biodegradable. I don't know if you've gotten 
I can't remember where I got a sweater from. And it was basically like, soak this wrapper in hot water for 10 minutes and rinse it down your drain. Have you seen that kind of thing? It's like a plastic bag that dissolves, basically. Dissolves into this weird black slimy mess. It's not like it disappears. I think there's two issues here. One is that, you know, even so-called biodegradable compostable plastic is compostable as plastic. And the other is that the sources of these things are limited, like all resources. So you may be making better recyclables, but you're still making single-use plastics, basically. Yeah, this is something I I love to get into because much of the action we're seeing uh, from legislators and corporations to date, and like I said, many are getting into the circular economy now, but much of the early action on single-use plastics came in the form of these new versions of single-use packaging, which based on some LCAs, like life cycle assessments, can actually be more harmful than single-use packet single-use plastics from an emissions perspective. So if you think about the emissions associated with the agriculture, manufacturing, and shipping of all of these bioplastics or compostables, they're problematic for that reason already. Um, many of them actually will contain some percentage of fossil fuel-based plastics. So when you get that clear plastic-like cup that says, I'm 100% compostable in a cute font, and it's really big, that will often contain some fossil fuel-based plastics. And the, the lying becomes just as egregious as we've seen in the plastics industry. Right. Well, it is the plastics industry. It yeah. is the plastics industry. <laughs> A, a different face, um, better branding. And then the other issue is there's not a good end of life solution for this stuff. So many consumers still don't compost at home, which is a whole separate issue we could go on at length about. So if they're ordering delivery or if they're bringing stuff home, or often if they're eating in a restaurant that offers this 100% compostable packaging, there's no bin to put it in. There's no compo- compost bin in some of these restaurants or in customers' homes. So it's going to landfill. And then even if the customer, say, tries to compost it, they make their best effort. I I think people generally want to do the right thing. That compostable packaging could contain chemicals that are actually harmful to introduce into soil. PFAS is still incredibly common. It's a known carcinogen, super problematic. It's extremely prevalent in food packaging. Some some brands are phasing it out, but the percentage of brands and producers that have phased it out are very small compared to those that are still including it. And sometimes talking about how it's a known problem and they have plans to phase it out, but that hasn't happened yet. So if that stuff ends up in compost, it's introducing chemicals into the soil. And when I've spoken with people who run composting sites, they don't want that stuff. They want banana peels. They want food scraps. They don't want bioplastics. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people use compost to fertilize gardens and then feed the food in those gardens to themselves or their animals. So, yeah. Tell us where you're at and where you're going in terms of size, spread. I I would still say that we're at the very beginning. We cover most of New York City. In most neighborhoods in New York City, you can find a restaurant that will deliver to you. And in some cases, you can find many restaurants that deliver to you. From from where I sit in the East Village, I have a nice range of options. I can order in reusable packaging and easily return it. So I get the early version of the experience that we want to make available everywhere. It's a model at, at this point, really. Yeah, it's it's gone, I'd say, slightly beyond pilot. And I, I don't want to understate the the work that our team has put in or that our, our restaurant partners have put in. But I see this being the normal way of doing things in 20 years. And we are so far away from, from that culturally. So we, we just expanded into Colorado. We're getting into Chicago. We just finished building the tech that we need in order to make this 
available at a, a wide scale. So we have the tech and the partnerships in place to to grow the network. Now we just need to bring money in to add as many restaurants to the network as possible. And then someday we'll address e-commerce, but I'm not allowed to talk about that yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I need to rein myself in. But I, I think that when my seven-year-old daughter is an adult, the idea that we would ever use packaging one time and then just send it out into the ether is going to seem so weird. It will seem like smoking on an airplane. <laughs> Good analogy. Well, I mean, I love the idea. Thank you. Thanks for your time and good luck. Thank you. I appreciate that you brought me on to, to share some of these messages today. And I, I appreciate the work you do. Thank you. We'll be back in just a minute with my interview with Jane Goodall. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We're all drinking more water these days and we're all concerned that we're drinking safe, clean, unpolluted water. Yet, according to our friends at the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in the United States have harmful contaminants in their tap water. That's why it's worth checking out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. They remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and are specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, you know, those forever chemicals, in your water supply. PFAS, by the way, is found in almost 45% of U.S. tap water. AquaTrue has water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. Their proprietary purification technology is independently tested to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAS, nitrates, and many, many others. The filters are affordable and long-lasting, and they do not need changing every two or three months like so many others. They last from six months to up to two years. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. Less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you won't be buying bottled water and it'll save the environment from tons of single-use plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and makes a great gift. Today, listeners to Food with Mark Bittman receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U dot com and enter code Bittman at checkout. For 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier, go to AquaTrue.com and use the promo code Bitman, B-I-T-T-M-A-N. Have you ever bought something, owned something that really inspired you to up your game? A tennis racket, a new pair of running shoes, a new piece of cooking equipment that made you just want to cook your brains out? 
I know that when I first started cooking on induction burners, I just couldn't stop. It was so much fun. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Some of the features that are available on this car include dynamic sky panorama glass roof, front row massaging seats, you know you want that, available 33-inch all-terrain tires, which you will want when you check out the multi-terrain select. These are really great features, the kind of features that will make you proud and happy to own a Lexus GX. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Well, hi, nice to meet you. An honor, I'm sure. Good to meet um, you too. You know, I've written a similar, I wrote a similar book a while ago, so I'm very sympathetic to this. And I think it's a great, a great project. Maybe we talk a little bit about eating styles. I, I've heard you described as virtually vegan. I know that, I mean, for most people being actually vegan is a really tough hill to climb, but, but I wonder how you eat, what you like to eat, what your goals are, if anything, what okay. a normal day looks like for you. I, um, I became vegetarian in the late 60s when I read about factory farms, which I hadn't. I mean, when I was growing up, there were no such ghastly things. Right. And then after reading about that in Peter Singer's book, actually, Animal Liberation, the next time I looked at a bit of meat on the plate, I thought, this symbolizes fear, pain, death. <laughs> I don't want to eat that. Wow. But then um, I tried to keep away from dairy and um, eggs. And if I did eat them, I tried to make sure they were, um, you know, better, better looked after animals. But, of course, eggs and milk are in everything. I mean, so it's on the road when I was traveling 300 days a year. It was really difficult. But vegetarian, yes, strict vegetarian from the end of the 60s. And since I've been at home in lockdown, because of the pandemic, I've been totally vegan. I have a niece who does wonderful cooking and she's cooked vegan meals and she absolutely fell on meatless and whisked it away. <laughs> so has made some delicious meals as a result. She's living with you? Yes, my sister and her daughter, my niece, and the niece's two grown boys all together. That sounds great. Sounds like a great arrangement. 50 years is a long time. That's, that's I went, I'm old enough to remember the 60s and, and old enough to know how long ago that was. I hadn't realized that Peter Singer's book came out that, that early. So that's yeah, how to look at that. It did. Can you talk a little bit about trying to talk to other people about eating less meat and what that's like for you? Well, what I try not to do is to make them feel guilty. So what I do is I tell stories. I recommend that they watch. And I say, this will make you really laugh and smile. And it's a video called um, Pig Casso. Not Picasso the artist, but Pig Casso. Got it. Have you heard about Pig Casso? No, but I will look as soon as we get off the... You, you Google it and you'll find three three videos come up usually, and you want to choose the one with the geographic yellow border around it. That's by far the best. And uh, Pig Casso is a pig who lives in South Africa. She was rescued from slaughter. The rescuer, who has a tiny little sanctuary for farm animals, noticed that this pig would always watch her when she painted. She's an artist. So one day she set up an easel and put a brush in Pig Casso's mouth. And you should just watch this. Pig Casso is so excited. She actually dips the brush in the paint. And the only thing she's been taught to do is to dip her snout in red paint at the end and sign the picture. <laughs> that was so taught. Sweet. The rest she just did. 
And so I show that to people. And so many have said, Jane, I hate you. I can't eat bacon again. And of course, that's the, that's the whole the point. Idea. So yes. telling stories and, you know, thanks to the chimps, gradually more and more people understand that animals do have feelings. They can certainly feel fear and pain. You know, pigs are as intelligent as dogs or more intelligent very often. And um, chickens have these great personalities. We've rescued chickens from factory farms. You know, at the end, they're featherless and ready to go into soup or be ground up for fertilizer or something horrible. And it takes them about a week to dare to walk on the grass. Mm. And uh, some of them had had the end of their beaks cut. And, you know, the whole thing is so awful. But it's so awful that people don't want to look or listen. So the secret is to find a story with a good ending. I think the whole key to keeping factory farming going is hiding everything that's going yeah. on, that there's so little transparency. I always say if we could see what happens on factory farms, meat consumption would plummet by 50% the next day. If there yeah. were webcams in these places... It would be all over because it's so horrible. And they keep trying to pass laws to prevent people from releasing secretly filmed videos. And I mean, some some things. The, the other day, I was utterly shocked. There was a, a transport of pigs, and I call it a transport, which is what they used with the Nazis for the for the Jews. But mm. a transport of pigs, and they were on their way to slaughter. They weren't slaughtered on the spot, which if they must be slaughtered, they shouldn't have to travel. And the, the truck broke down, and it was in Texas, and it was summer, and it was hot. And these pigs were panting. And a woman came along, and she brought water. She was put in jail. Hmm. She was interfering. And somebody else recently, when all these chickens had to be ground into the ground because of the pandemic and people couldn't look after them, and somebody rescued three, and she was prosecuted. I mean, mm, amazing. It, it's just it doesn't bear thinking about. Is that what you mean when you're when you say you tell stories, or do you have more fanciful stories? Could you tell me a story? Well, no, I don't make them up. I mean, you know, if I'm talking about chickens, I talk about the chickens we rescued and the names they had and the personalities. And, you know, one was rather timid and retiring and one was bold and cocky and the and the, um, the hen of the roost, <laughs> not the cock of the roost, but the hen of the roost. And I tell about Pig Casso. And, you know, there's a lot of stories about rescued animals and and the amazing things that they do. You spent time with high school students in Tanzania 30 years ago, and you talked with them about the environmental problems we were facing back then. And, and that led to you founding, unless I'm wrong, that led to you founding Roots and Shoots. It was in 91 in Tanzania. So perfect. 30 years ago. Right. Um, can you tell me about the work that's come out of that program and and um, well, it started with specifically about food? Yeah, it, it um, started with these 12 high school students and then they got their friends who also cared about a whole lot of problems. And we started Roots and Shoots, which the main message is every individual makes an impact every day and you get to choose what you do. And every group has to choose three projects, one to help people, one to help animals, one to help the environment. Mm -hmm. And it's now in 68 countries. Wow. It has members in kindergarten, university, everything in between. And we've got what I call the alumni, those who've been through the program and retain the values. And, of course, one of the key things is understanding animals, compassion for animals. So as we have learned more and more about the horrors of factory farming, we realize it's not only the horrendous cruelty, and we have a lot of young people now campaigning about this, but it's also terribly harmful to the environment because you destroy huge areas to grow grain, to feed the animals, you use masses of fossil fuel to get the grain to the animals, 
or the animals to the abattoir and the meat to the table. And then they're all producing methane gas, which is a really bad greenhouse gas. And um, you're using a lot of water to change vegetable to animal protein. So it's also bad for our health. I mean, we're, we're getting some of the, um, the, the workers, the, those who are working in these factory farms, they have an absolutely horrendous job. And, you know, there are people who can't choose. They, they just have to get a job. And the people living near, for example, the hog farms, when the wind is in a certain direction, they have to close the window. They can't go outside. The smell, I, I was there once in Lubbock, Texas, and the stench was unbelievable. And then you get floods and you get this washing into the river. You get the fish dying. I mean, the whole thing is absolutely awful. And this is what our young people in Roots and Toots, they're learning about it and they're talking about it. And more and more of them are refusing to eat meat. And um, I'm doing these Hope Casts, which is a podcast, but with selected people. And uh, one of them was a little girl of 13 who became vegan when she was nine or six. I think she was six. And she is so eloquent in talking about this. She's a little African-American girl, and um, it, would, it was amazing talking to her. That's incredible. I'd like to see that. Have you yes. done that yet? You've done that already? Done that. Yes, I think Sean will know, but I think it's already been, I'm not sure, but anyway, it's done. Okay, I'll ask Sean about that afterwards. That's interesting. You know, one thing that's going to happen when I know, I know our, my readers um, and viewers, and they're going to say, how can I get involved in this work? So is Roots and Shoots the thing for people to look at? Is there something else if people want to be involved in what you're doing that they can do? Well, there's the Jane Goodall Institute and there's Roots and Shoots, and Sean can give you all of those details. Okay, we'll get that. Uh, that yeah, would be got, great. We've got big websites for both. I want to ask, because you've been you've been doing so many things for so long, what if there's anything that you're particularly proud of or something that people don't know about that that you'd like to talk about? Well, some people still think I'm only chimps, you know, I'm the chimp lady. Well, but, uh, it's not not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> well, there there is because I'm much more than the chimp lady now, you know. I left. Gombe to protect the chimps and realize that you can't protect the chimps unless you work with the people and alleviate poverty and try and stop corruption and, you know, reduce our own environmental footprint, all of these things. The hope is that this will, roots and shoots will lead to a critical mass of young people who have the right values. Yeah, that's really great. So you're, you're saying in a way that there's no... Um... Yeah, I don't want to denigrate it, but that the working with the chimps led you to recognize that the that their environment was our environment and what they needed was what we needed and and so on. I mean, yes. And unless right, you, right? Yes, unless you involve the local people whose land it really is, no conservation work will succeed. You know, in the old way, the sort of colonial way, well, we want to protect this forest, so we'll move all the people out. So, of course, you build up resentment and anger and frustration and people lose their livelihoods. And that's one of the reasons we have so much anger in the world today, that sort of thing. And so, you know, then realizing that to save the chimps, you have to save the forest. To save the forest, you have to save the people and get them to be your, your, your co-workers, your partners. And... I, I think most people don't really understand the scope of Roots and Shoots and what we're doing and how these young people are changing things, even as you and I are speaking, because Roots and Shoots is all about rolling up your sleeves and taking action. And it's grown so fast because the kids get to choose what they do. We don't, we, it's not top down. Yes, we can suggest, would you like to join the campaign? Right now it's planting trees. Uh, one year it was learning about saving water. You know, we have to restore fertility to the soil because of the intensive farming and so much we have to do. But if they're empowered to take action, and we listen to their voices, 
they are changing the world. I mean, it's very much like the argument about food sovereignty. You can't impose your will, even if it even if it's well intentioned, on people living in a given place, because it really has to be up to them to determine what happens with the land and how it's used. But we can protest when it's the land is poisoned with chemicals, which is making people sick, which is a main cause of biodiversity loss. Right. I'm saying that that kind of behavior usually comes from outside. It doesn't come from within. It comes from the farmers who are dying. Right. (laughs) Often when I'm interviewed, I'm asked whether I'm optimistic or hopeful. Do Do I believe that it's possible for things to get better? That can our children and grandchildren hope for better lives? And usually I truthfully say yes. Um, some days I'm in a bad mood or despairing, but mostly I say yes. I I wonder how you feel when you how you answer that question. Are you optimistic? Or are you hopeful? Well, hopeful because um, if you're not hopeful, everything comes to an end. If you don't hope that your actions will make a difference, there's no point doing anything, and you sink into apathy. And but you know, I do think there's a window of time to effect change. And that window is closing. I mean, we, we literally are moving towards a time when the earth is heated so much that life as we know it will no longer be, you know, we won't be able to survive. And I like to think of the, um, when I was in the forest at Gombe, I understood how everything was interconnected and in this tapestry of life, which we call biodiversity, I'd rather have a tapestry of life. And if one little species goes, you know, say, okay, that pulls a thread out of the tapestry, and then another species, another thread, and eventually that tapestry is so tattered that there will be ecosystem collapse. And that's the end of us because we depend on healthy ecosystems. We're we're part of the natural world. We're not separate. We depend on it for clean air and clean water. We depend on it for food and clothes and and everything. So what does make you hopeful? That what the youth are doing is incredibly hopeful. Also, as I was traveling around the world before the pandemic, everywhere I was meeting amazing people doing incredible projects, restoring fertility to overused farmland like we did around Gombe without chemicals. restoring a forest, bringing back life and nature to a place that we've destroyed, rescuing animals from the brink of extinction. You know, so we've got this indomitable spirit. We're going to tackle things that seem impossible and we won't give up. And nature is amazingly resilient if you give her a chance. And then we've got this incredible intellect, which we're now beginning to use to to create technology that will help us live in greater harmony with the planet. And I mean, to come back to diet, you know, the the substitutes now for meat, I can't eat them. They're so like meat that I don't want to eat them. (laughs) For people who feel they can't give up meat, you know, then this is the perfect solution. I've heard that from other people too. (laughs) This, um, there's a kind of steak or I don't know what it is, but it was a special treat for my birthday about five years ago. And I had to say, I'm sorry, I just cannot eat it. It tastes like steak. That's interesting. I wonder what that And, was. you know, beetroot blood oozes out. And, oh, dear, no. Do you have a favorite recipe in the book? I can't actually tell you about that. I would have to read it more carefully, but my niece <laughs> just took it away. Right. Okay. Well, some other time for that. I'm going to send you a copy of my most recent book, which I think you'll like. But one or two quick questions, and then we can be done. We do have a family friend, an eight-year-old, so someone who's right in your in your wheelhouse there, who knows that David Graybeard was your favorite chimpanzee, and and she's asking if there's a particular chimp subspecies that you like best or or like best to study? Well, I mean, the, the ones I studied is the East African chimp. And by the way, here is David Graybeard. So, whoops. oops. So <laughs> she can, 
actually see that I have him with me all the time. There he is. <laughs> and uh, Adorable. he was the first chimpanzee to lose his fear of me. You know, chimpanzees are much stronger than we are. It's uh, So David was a big guy, but he was gentle. He was a leader. He wasn't the top male, but he was a leader. Others liked to follow him. So we're still after 30 years, uh, six, sorry, 60 years now. I began in 1960. We still have a research team there. Uh, they're not as close following now because of the danger of chimps catching our diseases. Mm-hmm. But they're still keeping up with what's going on in the community. And we're still learning new facts. So if I was studying chimps, which I'm not, but the team is, um, I would want to carry on because these are the granddaughters and great-daughters, grandsons and great-grandsons of the chimps I knew so well that they were almost like family. Tell this little eight-year-old that she needs to be involved in Roots and Shoots for sure. Mm-hmm. We will do that. We're going to spread the word on that. Yeah. Um, and I will get some stuff from Sean around that, and we will uh, we'll play that up, I assure you. I want to thank you, and thank you for your time and for all the great work you've done. And I understand that if I say happy birthday, my timing will be good. So happy birthday. Thank you. Today, you get a recipe from me from Food Matters, my 2009 book that seems so relevant today. Uh, This is stir-fried beans with asparagus or broccoli, and it's it's an unusual stir-fry and perfect for this time of year. I like it with brown rice, white rice. You could toss it with noodles too. So these are the ingredients. A pound of asparagus or broccoli, trimmed, peeled, whatever you want to do there. A couple of tablespoons of olive oil, salt and pepper. Three scallions chopped, or you could use a spring onion if you could lay your hands on one. A tablespoon of minced garlic, a teaspoon of ground cumin, a half a cup of chopped dried tomatoes, and a half of cup of any stock or water, along with a cup of edamame, fava, or lima beans, fresh, preferably, or thawed frozen. So start by cutting the asparagus into two-inch pieces or break the broccoli into small florets. Put the oil, that's you have two tablespoons of olive oil, in a skillet over medium-high heat, and when the oil's hot, Add the vegetables, sprinkle with salt and pepper, and cook, stirring frequently until coated in oil and just beginning to soften a minute or two. Then add the scallions and garlic and cook just another minute. Add the cumin, the tomatoes, stir again, and then add all the remaining ingredients, which are just the stock and the beans. Cook then over medium heat, stirring occasionally until the tomatoes plump up, the liquid reduces a bit, and the vegetables and beans are crisp tender, just about five more minutes. If you'd like some more liquid, you could add it, but try not to overcook anything, and then toss that with pasta or serve over rice. Taste and adjust the seasoning first, of course. Enjoy that. Well, that's it for today. I wanna thank Jane Goodall, a true treasure once again, and to Lauren Sweeney for walking the walk. You can follow Jane on Instagram and Twitter at Jane Goodall Inst, J-A-N-E-G-O-O-D-A-L-L-I-N-S-T. And on Facebook at Jane Goodall Inst and at Jane Goodall. Follow Lauren on Instagram at Deliver Zero. The last O is a zero. I should mention here too that if you're in the mood for donating on Earth Day... The people I donate most frequently to are called Heal Food Alliance. I've talked about them before. They are working on food, labor, agriculture, and the environment. So more bang for your buck. And they're at healfoodalliance.org, H-E-A-L, foodalliance.org. You should check them out in any case. That's it for today. Thank you to Kate Bittman, my co-host and producer. To Davis Lloyd, our engineer. And uh, thank you all for listening. Again, please subscribe and check out the Bitman Project. See you next week when we will have somebody amazing. Bye for now. Hold up. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.